0: following is audio from the KH at Biblical ABC's International Theology Conference. The conference took place between the 8th and 9th of November in 2021. Hope you enjoy.
1: Then I think it will be good to go to the first speaker on the topic. Rinser Reling Brauer was Senior Lecturer, History of Christian Doctrine, and is Professor on the Miskotte-Broekelmann Chair for Theological Hermeneutics of the Bible at the PTHU. He is a specialist on the field of Karl Barth studies. And besides that, he wrote books on Spinoza and Calvin, among others, and did editing uh, work uh, of works of the Dutch biblical theologian Frans Broekelmann. And he is also speaking of Frans Broekeman, he is also, I might add, uh, a dedicated PhD supervisor. I can tell you that out of my own experience. But here today, uh, of course, to give the first of two introductory lectures on uh, cornelis Heiko Miskotten. In the meantime, to all of you, uh, when you have questions while listening, remarks or thoughts that you might want to share please please feel free to put them in the chat afterwards we can bring them uh, bring the remarks uh, into the discussion and now I'm happy to welcome Rens Rellingblower
2: Thank you, moderator. You see all my presentation? Sheets? Yeah, Yeah. we do. Yeah. Okay.
1: You might want to start the, as it is called in Dutch, the dia voorstelling, so that we see only the main uh, sheet.
2: And it's good you have now the search sheet. Yeah. Okay, then I start. In the early hour, uh, nocturnal hours of May 10, 1914, the German Wehrmacht invaded the Netherlands. The bombardment of the city of Rotterdam compelled the government to capitulate on May 15. Two days later, Hitler, proclaimed the decree by which he appointed the Austrian Nazi seyss Inquart as the Reichskommissar for the occupied territories. In the beginning, the German administration tried to pacify the Dutch people decently as a Germanic Bruder Volk. And with some success, Many, too many officials complied with the first measure of nazification such as signing the Arie paragraph for civil servants. In the autumn of 1940, the first protest arose. The theologian Jan Koopmans wrote an, an anonymous pamphlet, bijna te laat, almost too late, to warn the many that has already signed. His pamphlet was published illegally and distributed by the so-called Lunterse Kring, a group of persons from the church that had maintained relations with the confessing church in Nazi Germany. A second pamphlet by the same Underground Group was published after the strike at the end of February 1941 in Amsterdam and its environment that was organized mainly by communist working men in protest of the Nazis' first anti Jewish raid. The anonymous author was a friend and meanwhile also colleague of Koopman's. Cornelis Heiko Miskotte. Although stylistically, his text was much too easy to to identify and so required radical revision by other members of the underground group. Its title was Better Resistance, Betere Weerstand. And it was meant to warn against an activist demonstration of anti-German feelings because of only an injured national pride. Instead, it urged the importance of knowing the spiritual grounds for resistance and the indispensability of values such as justice and the search for humanity against the totalitarian state. So Koopmans and Miss Cotter felt obliged to contribute to this better resistance of the population. Remarkably, it was a grassroots movement for Bible reading that gave them the opportunity. In an announcement in the church journal that listed preachers for the next Sunday, dated to May 16, 1941, Ms. Cutter promotes a course on the basic, the gr- grondlijnen, grout lines of the biblical message to be held in the new church. You see it right above, top right the Central Medieval Church at the Dam Square. The goal of the course was to equip its attendees to lead Bible reading groups afterwards in neighborhoods all over the city. Ms. Cotter explains, it should not become a series of apologetic lectures. Thus one doesn't have to expect edification or a defense of truth. It will simply be a matter of instruction we will convene as a a house of learning. Of course, it's significant that Miss uses here a Jewish expression for a meeting that is not in but alongside the synagogue. It may well be that he had in mind the free Jewish learning house of Franz Rosenzweig and others in, Fran- in Frankfurt when he wrote this notice. At any rate, he meant for his discourse to host a common effort of learning, without presuppositions, except for the presupposition that it makes sense to read the Bible together because the Bible is a good book. Soon after this announcement, Miss Cotters evidently provided the hall for his course in the new church. And in the late summer, 1941, he expanded his lessons into a booklet entitled Bibles ABC, Clavis Scripture. The appearance of this manuscript in print implies that the German authorities permitted its dissemination. Other books by Miss from the same period received a negative assessment from the National Socialist movements in the Netherlands and his censors. And one may wonder how the association in chapter 10 of sanctification with sabotage, usually an act of militant resistance, could pass the censor. Nonetheless, Ms. Cotter clearly aimed in 1941 to offer the spiritual foundations for resistance without openly criticizing the propaganda of the terrible message and the terrible message of the occupation force and its accomplices. In the learning house, Biblical ABCs concentrates on making acquaintance with the Bible's language in expectation that this specific language will bring a specific message and a specific way of life to light. Miscotte is convinced that it makes sense to trust phenomenology as the art of observing and that it doesn't belong to the range of human knowledge to discern what God is doing with the hearts and minds of those who read scripture. As a result, Mescott's concentration on the biblical language leads to a predominant concentration on the language of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. And as such, this concentration implicitly expresses solidarity with the Jewish people who were extremely threatened in 1941. More than 100,000 members of the Jewish people from the Netherlands, probably some 60,000 of them from Amsterdam alone, would not in the end survive the Shoah you are seeing here, our recently opened Holocaust name monuments. In the now following section of this introduction, I will sketch the factors in Miskota's life and work that make him the right person to lay the foundations for resistance during that moment and in this way. After that, I will describe some aspects of the book first reception and indicate the character of the additions that the author himself would make to the book in his post-war edition of 1966, but that lasts only when uh, there remains time for that. So Cutter's vigilance in the 1930s, a sketch of four steps towards biblical ABCs. The first step Miss Cotter, at that moment, 38 years old, defended his PhD thesis on December 17, 1932 at the University of Groningen, nearly two months before Hitler came to power in the Netherlands' Eastern neighbor. The subject of this was quite unusual. It dealt with Judaism, not in its classical Talmudic expression, but as reflected in a range of its contemporary philosoph- philosophical representatives, its title, *The Essence of Jewish Religion*, indicates the use of the phenomenological method of *Wesensschau*, the intuition of essences. In an analysis of the thinking of Hermann Cohen, Martin Buber, and Franz Rosenzweig, Mescotte systematically sketched the char- characteristics of Judaism with some attention also to extreme positions such as those of Franz Kafka, exceptional as a Jewish adherent of original sin and Ernst Bloch, utopian and messianic. In Miss Cutter's eyes, the most important witness in this company was Franz Rosenzweig, whose star of redemption he had bought from the bookstand of the local Jewish congregation at the Pressa, an international press exhibition in uh, Cologne in 1928. He read it intensively and assessed it as the writing of a great thinker and a great theologian, too. The last chapters compare Jewish interpretations of the Hebrew Bible with a Christian reading of the Old Testament, specifically one shaped by the 19th century Christian preacher Hermann Friedrich Kohlbrügge. Kohlbrug had deeply influenced the spiritual atmosphere in Ms. Cotter's parental house, especially the piety of his mother. In agreement with Herman Cohen, Miskotter's dissertation describes Judaism as a religion of correlation. Where the Godhead made it, makes itself dependent on the human covenant partner, that is on the moral action of the people of Israel. By contrast for Kolbrugger, sanctification always is and remains the divine gift passively received by the human sinner. Therefore, for the Miskota of 1932, there is a dispute between the Jewish and the Christian or Reformation reading of the same scripture. It would remain his opinion, including in the biblical ABCs, but through the dramatic developments of the following years, this aspect would A second step. In March, 1934, Miskoto wrote an article for the Journal of the Christian Student Movement Altato. In it, he makes a point in a quite opposite direction. The title of the article is Judaism as a Question to the Church. The theme is here what it means for the church that it encounters Judaism as an other post-biblical religion besides itself. Miskota argues that in the whole of its being, Judaism is asking and thereby challenging the church. It asks at least tacitly, why are you Christians such resting reposing people? Where can we see your contestation with things as they are? Where is your earnest prayer for the coming of the kingdom of heaven? And when you are saying that the Messiah has already come, how can you show that you have actually come further and that the expectations of the prophets have been fulfilled? If the promises were fulfilled in Jesus, why don't we see a redeemed reality in this world? Moreover, why do you pretend to have a missionary appointment towards us, whereas we cannot recognize in your message the direction of the scriptures you received from us? And how can we determine that you actually are keeping the divine commandments? Scott doesn't offer a Christian theological theory, either an old one or a new, to demonstrate his answer to these questions. Instead, he encourages the church to persist in being questioned by Judaism. And this questioning reveals why it's important that expectation will appear to be a key word in biblical languages. We will see in biblical ABC's chapter 11. The third step. A month later, in April 34, another Miscotta article appeared, a chapter contribution for a volume in which uh, some so-called dialectical theologians in the Netherlands introduced themselves. It would later feature in German translation in the Festschrift for Karl Barth's 50s birthday in 1936, under the title, The Problem of Theological Exegesis, you see here the contents of this volume. This article is important for understanding Miscotter's whole theological development because in it he lays out his view on the contribution of the phenomenological method to biblical exegesis. Biblical ABCs entirely presupposes this earlier work. Miskotta distinguishes three dimensions within the exegetical enterprise to look, to see, to hear. Looking is the task of the modern historical critical method. We must carefully acknowledge the text in the contextual historical conditions of its origins. Hearing is the task of faith, which obediently and attentively tries to learn and to do what God, through God's word, is asking of us today. However, between looking and hearing, there exists a tension between a scientific and an ecclesial vantage, respectively. In both the past and in the present, the the two tasks tend towards polarization and mutual incomprehension. According to Ms. Scott, such tension is inevitable, but polarization is undesirable. The approach of the middle category, seeing, can offer room for a better encounter between the outer two approaches that are more extreme in character. Seeing designates the task of asking for meaning, but without the immediate need to transpose the acquired insight as to the meaning of the text into an existential decision on the part of the reading and an interpreting subject. That's the implication of the Husserlian category of epoche, suspension of judgment. One can acknowledge some structures in texts, and in the culture, cultural environment, or in the Lebensgefühl by which texts express themselves, but without directly adhering to the implications of the texts for one's own life. Here we can recognize the method of the later biblical ABCs, which stresses the language and the grammar of the biblical text, while suspending the question of its truths. In comparison with his dissertation, a new element in this article on theological exegesis is the reference in, to the Bible translation by Buber and Rosenzweig, as well as to some lectures in which they explain and defend their translation procedure. The Scott's dissertation presented these two Jewish witnesses only as a systematic thinkers, but the article honors their contributions to exegesis. For example, Ms. Cotter takes up from them an enriched understanding of the Hebrew for word or sing, as a correction of the usual Christian conviction about the words. So, too, f- he finds inspiration in Rosenzweig for reconsidering the unity of the canon, canon and the significance um, of the connections between texts through lead words, light wörter. The fourth step. From 1932 onwards, Miss Scott's diaries very accurately follow developments in politics and in the churches of Germany. He was extremely anxious about the increasing antisemitism, and he held no illusions about the disgraceful message of the Nazis towards their enemies. Given the profile of his mind. There is some cause for amazement about this. For from his use onwards, words, possessed a deeply felt na- nature mysticism. He had a romantic disposition and a preference for dark and earthy German poetry preference. All those characteristics might have been made him sympathetic to the conservative revolution, especially in Germany but apparently he escaped this dead danger and was saved from it. Perhaps exactly by studying the prophetic voices of contemporary Judaism. In this way, he became one of the earliest, most sensible and most vigilant figures in the cause of antifascism in the Netherlands. The category within which Miss Cotta perceived the reactionary spirit of the 1930s was that of paganism, in the sense that Max Brod used the term. One faction in the Nazi party of Germany sought a revival of native Germanic religion, of course, in what we now call a re invented way. And some in the, if some in the urban of National Socialism saw in the old 12th century mythological, poetic, Icelandic ape, epic, the Edda, imitations of their own spirit, Miskotte determined to take the gesture seriously, not as a mere ideological invention. For a better understanding of this current, Ms. Kotter had many books of reactionary thinkers, Ludwig Klages, Jan Kuljanev, Friedrich Hiltje, Leopold Ziegler, and many others, who argued that the Jewish spirit had tried to intoxicate the people of Europe and that Christianity in that sense derived from this blame blameworthy Judaism. For Ms. Kotter, Christians in Europe are pagans who have been disturbed by the proclamation of Israel's message in their context. As such, Miscotta's definition of a Christian is a disturbed pagan. It is consequently not just rhetorical flourish, but a true self-confession, When Miskota says he must honor paganism because we have to acknowledge that we are pagans ourselves. That insight explains with God's great project of the late 30s, Ida and Torah, a comparison of Germanic and Israelite religion. That book that appeared at the beginning of October 1939, when the double invasion of Poland had already begun the Second World War, though the Netherlands still strove delusively to maintain its neutrality. Some critics of Ms. Scott's project holds that in his approach, he overestimated the religious components in the Nazi ideology. On the other hand, we can observe that many extreme thinkers of the conservative revolution from that time are nowadays intensively studied and discussed on neo-Nazi websites. They are increasingly influential again or still. The Scottish use of the Edda, once published, elicited well founded criticism on historical and philological grounds from the Germanist Professor Jan de Vries, who personally sympathized with National Socialism. However, the feelings and the attitude toward life of these fascist contemporaries which Ms. Scott recognized in these old texts, shown their own coherence. Life is dominated by fate. The beginning of all things is chaos. And in the end, all gods and all, all, gods and all humans go to ruin. In between, where only struggle take place, where the strongest are heroes and the weak are held in contempt. Miskate did not contrast the Edda with a Christian basic text. For given its character as paganism disturbed by Israel, Christendom represents a syncretistic entity, but with the Torah. The latter is the witness of an encounter between a speaking God and its responding, responding people. It testifies of a good creation at the beginning and a completed kingdom at the end. And since it aims at justice, it commands the person who protects speak people. In this way, standing up for the foundational text of Judaism was the best way to defend the values of humanity and in the end to defend the church under the threat of oppression. Miss Cotter was convinced that it, this threat would come and that it would come soon. Next uh, paragraph, Miss and the biblical ABCs during the following years of the German occupations of the Netherlands. Miss worried that he would be arrested and punished because of having written Edda and Torah. Also, his public debate with the Reverend Ludwig Ekering, member of the National Socialist Movement, at the special meeting of the Council of the Amsterdam Reformed Church on February 27, 1939, after which meeting the church council refused to take a clear position, could have made the German authorities suspicious of him. Later during the war, Miss willingly jeopardized himself and his family by illegally hiding Jewish people in his house. Furthermore, the activities of the resistance group of the Lunderskring continued. They instigated the signet to protest shameless injustice more clearly. And they sent couriers such as Hebe Kolbrugge to Switzerland via Kalbart in Basel and via, via hoofd in, in Geneva to keep in contact with the Dutch government in, ex- in exile in London. But apparently none of these were grounds enough to arrest Miskotte. Although the Nazi censors immediately forbade his era and Torah, by May um, of 1940, all copies had already sold out. The occupying forces prohibited only Miskotte's appointment to a professorship in Groningen, thereby menacing the theological faculty, but there is no reason to regret that outcome though, because the universities were soon closed and the church appointed Miss Cotter to pursue Bible work amid an educated public in the thousand quarters of Amsterdam. And this special appointment gave him an opportunity to develop the catechetical program that biblical ABCs would expand. To equip people for a better resistance, in favor of justice and humanity, over against the advancing forces of death. From April 1944 onwards, Miss did himself during the nights at hit uh, himself during the nights at other addresses than his own home, home, and so did his friend Koopman's. Together, both comrades could suddenly appear among their colleagues to encourage the irresolute and to admonish the cowards. On March 12, 1945, the Germans shot 24 persons dead in reprisal for the gunning down of a member of their security force, the Sicherheitsdienst by the armed resistance. One of the bullets Moved over the head of the victims and struck Koopmans, who was watching from behind the window of his hiding place. After 12 days, he died because of his wounds. It was the same, much mourned Koopmans who wrote the, in my perception, most impressive review of the biblical ABCs for the Amsterdam's Church Journal of February 30, 1942. He remembered another famous work in the history of Dutch theology, Herschepping, Recreation of Very Original Dogmatics for Lay People by Oepke Noordmans, written in 1934. That book, Koopman said, was an outcome of the First World War. They try to understand the doctrine of the church in a new way. But meanwhile, seven years later, a storm rages over Europe. And now we have been thrown back to the most elementary datum, that is to the reading of the Bible itself. And there is to the question of how the structure of learning has to be in a biblical sense and Copeland closes his review of biblical ABCs with these words, through this war, God teaches us to ask for the Bible. In the meanwhile, the basics of our existence have become considerably narrower. We almost don't have a church anymore, apart from the form in which it can be found in the Bible. And perhaps we must release what we do have that is more than that. In that situation, it is of great importance to have been instructed how to read the Bible. I wonder whether many of the problems we deal with nowadays in theology will fade away in the perspective of an urgency such as Koopmans expressed. Moderator, is it time? What do you say? Um, I think it is, yes. Um,
1: the step towards the edition of 66 is indeed a very interesting step also, but uh, can do it later. we will um, get maybe get to that later. Um, indeed, Rinse, uh, thank you very much for your uh, thorough introduction. Uh, you took us uh, with you through Ms. Cott's time and his theological development, thank you so much. Um, I think you are the one who has to stop star- uh, sharing your uh, screen to, to uh, get back to the mm-hmm. plenary session. Yeah. yeah, there we are. So again, uh, thank you so much for your lecture. Uh, I think it's uh, good to note that uh, later on, we uh, obviously will have the group sessions and one of them, will be led by uh, Niels den Hertog, uh, who will also speak on the historical background of Miskotte's Biblical ABCs. So um, if you're interested in that topic, that side of the story, I think you will join that specific session uh, today or tomorrow. Um, Okay, Um, in the meantime, a question was already asked in the chat and was already answered uh, uh, about the promoter of um, uh, miscotting in Groningen, Professor Alders. Um, I'm not sure, um, after the next lecture by Mirjam Elbers, there will be some more opportunity for questions and, and discussions. But. Um, I don't know if there are maybe one or two questions uh, directly to the the topics that uh, Rinzereling Brouwer discussed and uh, brought forward. Uh, there could be time for, for as I said, uh, one or two small remarks or explanations. Um, if you would just raise your hand, uh, Kate Sondrager, please.
0: Uh, thank you, Renzo, for such a splendid paper as usual. Um, y- could you tell us more about how it is that Miss Kata read Rosenzweig? What um, did he focus on that third part of the star, or was he interested in that um, original section in, in um, creation and and the significance of the the being opposed to to nothingness in the star
2: yeah it, uh, it is really it's really a, a, a PhD on the on the essence of Judaism yeah so he he wanted mm-hmm. he wanted to uh, there in that book yeah. Later on, he made other uh, contributions to the uh, Rosenzweig uh, research. But in that book, the main point was what. What, what in in. in, in, in uh, I, I'm not able to, to have the, to read the sources, the Talmudic sources, in a good way. But I want to know what is the synagogue as our dialogue partner, yeah, and, and what is the the essence of this of this Jewish religion, yeah. And why it's important for us to, to be challenged by that and uh, what they have to say and what we have to ask also, yeah.
0: So it, so it's um, uh, Judaism as the eternal people. Yeah. That it yeah. becomes uh, significant. That, that theme is he, as Rosenzweig develops
2: it, uh, particularly
0: in the third part.
2: Yeah. And then as, as 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 he is a, a, a pupil of um, of of Cohen, yeah, what's, yeah. what's Judaism at, at correlation, what's Judaism mm-hmm. as uh, the pe- people right. of the eternal covenant? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And how how to yeah how to be in, 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 in conversation with that from the, 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 the standpoint of reformation theology. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. thank you, Ratza.
1: Thank you so much um it comes to me that uh, that it's so revolutionary um to make this connection to judaism in in that time of course in the 30s and 40s but in maybe even in this time still um okay with a uh, it's so interesting there are so many topics to um look further into um uh, there is a remark by daniel meter in the chat but I think it would be good to um, to uh, go on and then uh, get to uh, the next lecture. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carl Bart Podcast.
0: If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review in your podcast app. It will help others find the show. And if you have any feedback or questions, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. The handle is at Bart Podcast. That's all for me now. I'm excited to keep learning with you all. And I appreciate you listening. See you next time.